Hey guys, welcome to Internal Medicine and Beyond. I'm your host, Varun Aitharaju, and I'm a third year medical student at Northeast Ohio Medical University. This podcast is for aspiring internists and subspecialists eager to learn about the breadth and variety of internal medicine. I know as a medical student, you hear about the variety of the specialty, but I decided to start this podcast and personally hear stories from physicians so they can talk about their experience in this specialty. Here I have Sanjana Datla and Rajana Raghupati, recently matched M4s in internal medicine. Sanjana matched at Case Western's internal medicine program and Rajana matched at Wash U's internal medicine program at Barnes Jewish Hospital. Both of them were BSMD graduates that also currently go to Northeast Ohio Medical University. Thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for having us, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Okay, so let's start off by asking the question. Tell us a little bit about why you chose internal medicine. So first off, I'm Rachna. Um, I guess for me, I chose internal medicine mostly because I liked the variety that the specialty offers. Um, and I liked the multitude of opportunities that you can have if you do pursue internal medicine. So I knew pretty early on that I wanted I am I wanted to kind of treat the whole patient and kind of hone in on multiple organ systems. Um, I was thinking at the time, maybe I would subspecialize, but still kind of doors were left open there. Um, but throughout my med school experience, something that became really important to me was um, advocacy and policy. That was something I got exposure to pretty early on in med school. Um, and I also really loved medical education. And I thought that internal medicine really allowed um, me to kind of hone all of those skills in one subspecialty um, in specific. So I really loved internal medicine for that reason. I also love working with adults, um, talking to adults, older adults, etc. Awesome. Sanjana, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, hi guys, I'm Sanjana. Um, very similar to what Rachna was saying. I have always wanted, known I've wanted to do internal medicine. And I think my favorite classes starting off in medical school, school were the physiology, pathology, kind of dealing with the organ systems. So I found that during my rotations, IM was really the one clerkship that gave me the opportunity to treat the whole body, to kind of intertwine the physiology and pathology that we learned in those early M1 and M2 years into, our, um, into my daily practice. And I also really like the opportunity um, to kind of go more deeper into evidence-based medicine, get to do research, get to, as Rachel was also saying, work with um, adult patients and treat many different kinds of conditions. And there's still opportunities to work with your hands and do procedures, if that's what you're interested in, but also just to sort of do more just pure basic medicine, which is really what I loved about internal medicine and kind of one of the reasons why I decided to do IM. Awesome. Um, so Rutchen, you kind of mentioned that you were involved in some policy and advocacy activities in medical school. Kind of going off that, what specific activities and extracurriculars were you involved in? Sure. So I started out actually um, kind of getting involved with the American Medical Association, the AMA. Um, and our school is really lucky to have quite a robust um, program within our medical school that helps students get their feet wet in advocacy, resolution making, policy. So I went to um, some of the conferences pretty early on in my medical school career, had uh, like got my feet wet with resolution writing, 
um, and really enjoyed kind of that aspect of using some of my medical school knowledge to inform some of the resolutions that we were making that were kind of groundbreaking at the time. Um, So I kind of really enjoyed that opportunity. And as I was growing my interests within which specialty I wanted to pursue, um, eventually internal medicine, I became exposed to the American College of Physicians, the ACP. So what the ACP is, for those who might not know, the ACP is um, basically kind of like the AMA, but for internal medicine. So it houses, um, it's a professional organization for internists at large, but also um, houses any subspecialists within internal medicine. And it kind of works in largely the same way as the AMA. We are able to Um, write resolutions that are approved by the regents or the leaders within the college. Um, I ended up serving on the Council of Student Members there. So really providing the medical student perspective on different college functions. I served as the student representative to the physician well-being group, Um, got to put, give my perspective on medical student well-being um, and why that's so important to discuss early. Uh, And it was just overall a really cool experience to kind of see the inner workings of a professional organization, how things work, how you can make changes within the field, um, and how we can all kind of unite under internal medicine. Um, So that was really kind of my exposure to advocacy and policymaking. Sounds great. Um, And I'm curious, do you guys feel like involvement in advocacy and policy is closely intertwined with internal medicine, just because you kind of like Sanjana mentioned, internal medicine, you're treating the whole body and the whole patient and advocacy and policy, you kind of bring those elements of like, talking about, you know, socioeconomic factors and different systems and, and stuff like that. Is that kind of all together? Do you feel like being involved in advocacy and policy kind of leans in towards internal medicine, as opposed to other fields and specialties? You know, that's a good question. I think that at least my personal opinion is that you can do advocacy and policy really in any field that you want. Um, I think it is really prevalent in internal medicine, just because as you were saying, we do deal with a lot of the socioeconomic factors. And I remember when I was presenting resolutions at AMA as well, we did deal with um, a lot of resolutions regarding socioeconomic factors. So I do think it's pretty relevant to internal medicine because we are dealing with a lot of um, healthcare policies that are related to socioeconomic factors. But I think that you can really get into get involved with advocacy and policy in any field that you do choose to go into. It's more so based on personal interests and how passionate you are about advocacy. I 100% agree with Sanjana. I feel like if you're very interested in advocacy and policy, there are always avenues to do it regardless of what specialty you want to go into. Um, I think internal medicine is pretty unique in that it is a primary care specialty at heart. So we're really dealing with patients kind of on the ground, um, really building relationships with them. And in that way, it's For me, it was important to learn how to become a better advocate. So um, things like how do I vouch for my patients who are of lower socioeconomic status? How can I like protect my patients if there are laws that are um, kind of impeding their rights? And that became really important to me just um, moving forward as a physician. Um, So 
like Sanjana said, very much kind of a personal interest if you're interested in advocacy and policy. I think there's a role in it, role for it in any specialty. Um, and that includes internal medicine too. Um, and just for the pre-med student or the M1 or M2 who's interested in internal medicine, do you recommend they kind of get involved with, you know, whatever they're passionate about, whether it be advocacy or leadership or service or kind of pursue more IM specific things? Um, I think you can honestly do both. So I know when I was an M1 and M2, I did get involved with AMA. I got involved with our free clinic, um, volunteering and service through that. And then I was also involved with a few of, few of our um, other organizations that are specific to IM. So I was in the cardiology interest group. I was in the vascular interest group. So I was able to kind of get my feet wet and learn a little bit about different subspecialties by getting involved with those groups as well. And I thought that was really helpful, um, especially the cardiology one, because that is what I'm interested in. I was able to meet a lot of the local cardiologists, which I then went on to work with during my elective rotations. And I think I was able to kind of get a better idea of the lifestyle of internal medicine, the lifestyle of some different subspecialties. And it really opened my eyes into learning more about internal medicine as a field itself. So kind of uh, to answer your question, I think it's important to obviously get involved with your passions, whether that's, you know, research, advocacy, leadership, whatever that may be. And even if you don't have any passions specifically to those fields, that's fine too. But you can also definitely get involved with both and do um, and do get involved with, you know, different interest groups that your school may have, um, research that, you know, you can work with a lot of local doctors doing. So definitely you can do both. Yeah, I'd, I'd second what Sanjana was saying. I think it's a, it's definitely a good mix of both. I'd say a lot of med students probably don't know before they do their clinical rotations what exactly they want to do and um, I've been learning a lot of students don't even know what internal medicine is. So it's really hard at that point as a undifferentiated stem cell M1 student to kind of figure out like what exactly they should be doing specific to their future IM application. So in, the, in response to that, I would say if you're very passionate about service, do the service activities and like hone that passion and then you'll always be able to loop it back when it comes time to an interview or your application for residency. And because your passions will always be relevant in the future, if you know what I mean. Um, so I would say, like, if you're very passionate about something, if you're very excited about something in specific, whether that be service, leadership, advocacy, um, medical education, tutoring, anything like that, do it love it, become passionate about it. Um, and then you can always talk about how you've been involved and how you plan on incorporating that into your future career, uh, hopefully as an internist. Okay, awesome. And speaking about passion and getting involved, uh, this question would help students like me who are M3s and going to apply internal medicine. How would you, I've heard conflicting things about the personal statement, whether you know it's extremely important or uh, some people telling me that they got interviews simply based on their personal statement. How would you navigate that whole process? Is that something that's, um, you know, something that's important? And, and what's your what's your experience and um, opinion on that? Yeah, this is this is a really good question, and actually one that I had too when I was first applying. Um, I would say your personal statement is kind of the first picture that 
an, um, an interviewer or a program gets at your personality. Um, so remember, you're sending in your ERAS application that has all the bullet points of all the great things that you've done throughout your four years of med school. But the personal statement really lets them know like your voice and your personality and who you are and what you stand for. Um, so in that way, I think it's really important to spend time and think about how you frame your personal statement. Um, for example, mine was largely about like how I plan on incorporating advocacy into my future as an internist, whether that be driving policy or whether that just be like advocating for my patient at the hospital and making sure that they um, get the proper treatment that they need. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for them to get to know who you are before they actually see you in an interview. That being said, I've also heard that it doesn't necessarily break you. Um, so like people aren't going to look at your um, personal statement and say, wow, this does not sound like, I don't know, JK Rowling wrote it. Like it's not some masterpiece. Um, they're not going to say like X, we're not going to look at this application anymore. Um, but like I said, it is a good way for them to kind of get to know you before they actually get to know you at the interview. So definitely take it seriously, um, but don't be too hard on yourself if you're not a born writer, or not a natural um, JK Rowling, I guess. I totally agree. Um, this is definitely something I was really worried about too, is I'm not the best writer either. So I was worried that you know, programs would think um, maybe they would dismiss me because my personal statement wasn't the best, maybe. Um, and I, I did hear from a lot of people saying, you know, a lot of program directors don't even read your personal statement. A lot of them maybe only like take five, 10 seconds just to skim your personal statement. Obviously, I don't know how true that is. And it probably varies from program to program. Um, but I did write kind of generally not, I tried not to copy exactly what was in my ERS um, application and kind of bring in other elements of my personality into my personal statement so that it's not an exact replica of what they're already reading in your ERS statement. And that's a piece of advice that I got when I was trying to write my statement. And that's cool. Um, and I did actually during my interviews have some people use my personal statement as um, a conversation starter and be like, oh, I saw that you wrote about tennis in your personal statement. Talk about that. And it kind of was a nice conversation starter starter for me because I feel like it eased attention a little bit. And I was happy to hear that, oh, they actually did take time to read my personal statement. They didn't spend like one second glimpsing at my application. So definitely write about something that you're passionate about, something that, you know, you're prepared to talk about if they do ask you about your personal statement. Um, and then try again not to repeat exactly something that was listed in your CV and bring in something that you want the program to know about you outside of your application. Right. Be genuine. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and just in general, do you guys have any advice for students interested in internal medicine and are deciding what residency programs most lends with their interests? So I guess um, kind of very similar to the conversation we've been having, I think it's important to kind of establish what you want out of residency. So of course, you're going to get trained, you're going to get clinical training, um, and you're going to get strong and vigorous clinical training. But if you have other um, interests outside of clinical medicine, for me, that was stuff like medical education and advocacy, uh, really 
understanding what exactly those are and really looking into the programs that you're applying for to see what they can offer you in those regards. So for me, I was specifically asking residency programs like, hey, I've done a lot of work in advocacy and I'm really interested in continuing it. How would you guys feel if I were able to continue that during residency? Would you be able to accommodate that? Do you have any programs in place where I could pursue this? And most of the time they were like, yay, we love that you're interested in this. Um, Let's tell you all of the programs that we have um, that can help you reach your personal goals. And that to me said a lot about the program that they were willing to accommodate my own interests. Um, And I would recommend for anyone who is applying, if you do have these specific interests, make them known, Um, make them known in your application and make them known in your interviews because um, residency programs really want to see you being interested in something and they want to see you excited about something. And if they can facilitate that, I think most of them would be more than happy to do that. I think another piece, um, this is what I think I heard from most people when I ask for advice myself is finding a place with good culture and good fit for you. And I think maybe Russian can probably agree with me, but with virtual interviews, it was really hard for us to get a good feel for the culture of programs. And I know every every single program that I interviewed at was like, oh, the best part of our program is for sure the people. We have the best culture. And that's hands down what every single program said to me. So it was really hard to kind of gauge what the exact culture was. So um, I think one, one piece of advice I'd give is to try to get a good feel for the culture um, talk to as many of the residents as you can. Um, if you have any alumni from your school that go to those certain programs and are internal medicine residents there, talk to them. I found I found that to be really helpful. And and my, I myself, when I was interviewing, reached out to a lot of alumni at different programs that I was interviewing at. And I feel like I was able to get a lot better of a picture um, of that program than I maybe did during my own interview day. So that would be one piece of advice. And also uh, very similar to what Rachna is saying, programs love hearing that you're really passionate about something, whether that's advocacy, as she was saying, it could be service, um, leadership, that's something that I talked about a lot. So really sounding exciting about those things will go a long way for you during your residency interviews. Um, And then making sure that you find a program that has whatever your passions are too will help you a lot engaging what the right program is for you. For sure. And to Sanjana's point about Um, kind of reaching out and trying to gauge a culture of a residency program. I think one thing that was really helpful for me was kind of going to some of the optional sessions that a lot of these programs held. So for those who don't know, in the virtual interview setting, we usually had our interview um, the day of, but then the day day before, we would have like a pre-interview social that was usually optional. Um, And sometimes those can be kind of awkward on Zoom because no one knows what to say. No one knows when to say it. Like, when do you talk? When do you stay quiet? Like, it's just kind of like an awkward situation. So I I did go to a lot of the optional sessions um, thereafter to like talk to different residents and meet new people at the same program and hear their sides of how they felt about the program. And I think when I took all these puzzle pieces together, I was kind of more able to gauge what the actual culture was rather than taking like a one hour kind of awkward social Zoom experience and trying to construct what I think the residency program would be like from there. So if your program is offering multiple sessions and you're really, really, really interested in that program, I would recommend trying to go to as many of those optional sessions as you can 
um, get your face known, get your name known, um, and also just hear from different people what they really think about that program. And I think you'll eventually be able to piece it together. Interesting. I didn't even know about the optional sessions. That's really helpful. Um, and these next two questions are more geared for just kind of understanding you guys as people and not necessarily as, as advice, but um, what are you excited for and what are you scared for when you start residency? Um, I'm excited to finally, I think, start putting in orders, start feeling like a real doctor and start to actually care for patients and kind of do more of the hands-on work. Um, I'd say that's probably what I'm most excited for, just kind of starting this new chapter of life that we've spent the last four years preparing for. Um, and nervous, I think probably something all M4 med students feel. I feel like I forgot everything I learned. I feel like I don't really know anything and really don't feel that prepared for intern year. But I've heard from so many people that that's a very common feeling to have and that you kind of learn a lot on the job once you start. So I'd say that's probably my biggest fear is just kind of acclimating to starting to do all the work yourself. You're responsible for people's lives now. You can't kind of just hope that the resident will catch, you know, any mistakes you made in your note. You are the resident now, so you kind of have to be on top of the patient care. So just that new added responsibility is a little, is a little nerve-wracking, but overall very excited for the new part of our career. Sanjana, you literally read my mind. Um, I feel like definitely very excited to kind of start feeling like a doctor. I think the last four, I guess for us, six years um, has been like just reading and studying and taking tests and um, I guess interacting with patients some, but um, really getting to feel like someone's doctor, having my own patient panel that I see regularly. I'm super excited about that and um, how that's going to feel. Um, I think for me, something that I'm kind of nervous about and I've heard a lot about is just like work-life balance as a resident. Everyone talks about how grueling intern year can be. Um, and for me, as someone who's like very passionate about training well-being and mental health, um, just like really trying to stay proactive about my own mental health and really uh, making sure I'm keeping track of that and staying well during my residency. Great. And the last question is, what are your future goals after internal medicine residency? Both of you mentioned that you want to implement advocacy in your, you know, in your person, uh, in your daily private practicing life, but also kind of on a systems base. Uh, but just kind of beyond that, how would you describe your, uh, your future goals? So um, I think both Sanjana and I are actually like interested in cardiology. So that was something I also talked about on the interview trail, um, getting to kind of have my own patient population, both in and out of the hospital, um, really dealing with different cardiovascular diseases and pathologies. Um, so I think though, beyond clinical medicine, I really do want to get involved in medical education, kind of giving back to the next generation of, um, future medical professionals. So becoming a clinician educator is something that's really important to me. And, um, hopefully wherever that will be, I'll be a great clinician educator. Yeah, I kind of 
going off of what Rachna said, um, also both of us are interested in cardiology. So hopefully matching the fellowship in three years. I know that's, you kind of have to start thinking about that starting this year, but um, hopefully in three years get to that. And then I think I would like to practice at a more academic setting and work with residents and medical students and kind of um, getting to do that whole um, cycle and getting to teach and give back in that way, as Rachna was saying. So hopefully fellowship and continuing to work in an uh, academic setting are my future goals. Awesome. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you guys for your time. Thanks for having us. This Thanks, Lauren. Cool.